2: Welcome back to Becky Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And it's time to talk about teasers. And Joe, there are, I would say, six options uh, on the Week 7 slate that would make for decent to really, really good teaser options. Which ones stand out to you?
3: Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, let's talk process first. because, And, and I've talked gotcha. about it in the show in the past that a lot of times I wait until Sunday because it's supposed to be the sharpest number, totals on right, we have more information, we have QB information that we don't have right now, we have more weather information, all that. Uh, all that is baked in the watch at that point. Um, with so many low totals, I think we've got six in the 30s now. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> After go, unders go 61%, we've got six totals in the 30s. We've got number of backup quarterbacks, we've got red zone issues, all sorts of stuff going on and why these totals are so low. Should we consider betting teasers earlier in the week, this week? Because are we going to get those two and a halfs, or the or the twos uh, with the ability to go through the three and the seven later in the week? It's something I've been wondering about. And it seems like teasers, the proper ones, uh, have been hitting at a pretty high rate. I mean, I've been successful with them at least, but we haven't had this many options before
4: yeah i haven't bet a teaser all year i'm just not a huge fan of them personally but this week looks really intriguing i know i know they've been great uh i just don't really bet them it's not something i Mm. normally do but i might jump in this week there's several that look really really good
2: I do feel like that this is a, we almost have to do it. Like if you are a better of any caliber whatsoever, you need to have a teaser somewhere on your card. And Joe, I'm with you. I, I think this is a deal where it's probably better to to get on these right away because as backup quarterback information becomes more apparent, I think one of the things that markets tend to do, yeah, they tend to overreact in general, but the numbers do move, and you are getting out of long teaser territory where you're going through the three and the seven. I would mm-hmm. say there are about five options here where you can keep that that long integrity intact, and that's certainly a good thing. But one thing, too, to keep in mind when we're dealing with all of these low unders, or low totals, rather, is you want to be careful that you're not backing an offense that could only score six points or fewer. And we've seen that <laughs> a lot this season. You, you want to be care- You want to make sure that at least your offense, okay, maybe it's not great, maybe it's not dynamic, but they're not going to get shut out or they're not going to score just a field goal because that's going to ruin everything and it's going to be a lopsided loss and it doesn't matter what side you're taking at that point. So it, keeping that in mind, I'm looking for offenses where at least the ground game is respectable enough where they should be able to get a touchdown once they're in the red zone. Maybe not every trip, but it's enough to where you can at least be comfortable that the scoring will be there, and they will get at least to double digits, things like that. So one that stands out to me would be the Falcons and the Buccaneers. You got a total of 38 and a half. The Falcons, if you move it to plus eight and a half, is something where you're going up against a divisional opponent, and those tend to be lower scoring games anyway, and they tend to be a little bit closer because of familiarity. And whatever you think of Desmond Ritter, at least the ground game is such to where those outside zone carries are going to keep the Falcons in it long enough to where eight and a half feels comfortable. And I feel like that's probably a good place to start.
1: Uh, that's a
3: great place to start. And with totals being so low, something else you don't want to do is tease games that have a very high total, right? Right. The only one I would remove that has a number where you would consider it is Miami-Philadelphia. It's the only one, right? So you don't want to do Miami-Philly, but okay, let's go to the Giants. We're getting plus Mm -hmm. eight in a divisional matchup and a total in the 30s. That's a perfectly good one. Another one with a total in the 30s is Indy plus two. Go through the three and the seven. And do we know the Browns quarterback right now? No, not not for sure. But if, wait, I can get plus eight against P.J. Walker, maybe? Oh, boy, that's that's enticing. So those are, I mean, right there, if you wanted to do a three-teamer of Atlanta, the Giants, the Colts, I don't have a problem with that
4: the lions what about that
2: i do not i did not have that down i do not have that one.
4: leave it to me i don't so, bet teasers that yeah the, the that lions
2: fan start. over here
3: well the I two and a half are gone it's, it's at yeah. three and now you're only going through one key number so that that's why yeah. i didn't okay. put it i i assume same for you ed
2: yeah, yeah it, it was that. another game that w- was sort of similar to me, but you have an insanely low total so at least I was debating it was mm-hmm. Bears and Raiders with a total of 37 and a half. We're talking preseason territory here. uh the mm-hmm. three means you're you're not going through it, you're just bumping into it. but mm-hmm. with a total that low with two backup quarterbacks, I might be tempted at Bears plus nine. But, you know, this is a game where Chicago could win this thing outright. My model says to back the Bears plus three anyway. So, if I'm looking at, say, another leg, maybe there is something appealing to it.
4: I have that Bears plus nine written down, too.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, the Raiders' defense is awful. And going against the backup, they're at home Mm -hmm. getting nine. Seattle? Seattle? Seattle, you make it one and a half against Arizona.
2: I, oh boy. No,
4: I didn't write that one down.
2: (laughs) I I don't think I,
3: I mean, if you don't, then you think Cardinals are live, right?
4: Yeah, I do. I think Mm -hmm. this Cardinals team has been sneaky. I, I don't think that'll be one that I, there's a lot. I like that. That one scares me a little bit.
2: Okay the total of 44 and a half seems a little high to me, uh, to make it a teaser. I, I, you know, at seven and a half, I'd probably back the Seahawks outright and just call it a day. Uh, in fact, mm-hmm. I think my model's telling me to do as much, uh, and we will get into other ways to back the Seahawks in some way, shape or form later. But it, it's also a deal where, you know, a divisional game where the favorites, uh, you know, laying seven and a half, that is a lot. And while the Cardinals, uh, I don't consider uh, sneaky good or scary or any of those things, at the same time, do you really want to back a divisional foe there where still you're laying, you know, one and a half on a teaser leg?
3: Yep, yep, that's a fair point. What about in this one, there's a one and a half out there. There's one, one and a half. So most places you're not going through two key numbers. Uh, Similar total, Denver. At home against Green Bay. Denver's <laughs> plus one in most places, but there is a Ugh. one and a half out there. If it's one and a half, you get through the three and the seven. Do you ever think you, could, you would say that, oh. hey, I could get the Broncos against a mediocre team at, through the seven at home? Oh, Their boy. defense hasn't that been defense as awful.
5: Extreme.
3: Not as bad as the first month. It's still terrible. But are we scared of Jordan Love then?
2: I'm not no, scared I'm of Jordan scared Love. I'm losing scared of that money backing though. the Broncos. In yeah, like part. what? What if it? What if it is a dumpster fire at this point? Because it might be. It could be. It could. Yeah, be. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm talking about every team in the like Arizona is not a dumpster fire. They may not play well the rest of the year. They may have one more win to their credit from here till the end of the season. It's not a dumpster fire. The Broncos. They show might up for a half. They
3: the Cardinals do. show up for at least they a do. half.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think they're individual players like, you know, Hollywood Brown and and guys like that, where you can back them in key spots and take their over props and make good money that way. But Mm -hmm. with the Broncos, that could legit be a dumpster fire more so than the Bears or any other team in the league right now.
3: Yes, I would agree. So our favorites, Falcons, Giants, Colts. I'm fine with the Seahawks. You guys disagree. Um, Bears, yeah, that makes sense. And then, yeah, Broncos, probably, they're tough.
4: There's there's one more that doesn't fit the criteria perfectly. What, Steelers plus nine?
3: That's the one I was, uh, yes, good call. Mm-hmm. Boy, yeah. you get Tomlin in this spot off a of bye I all this agree. time to prepare. Get nine.
4: It's, I love that one. Lower total. Yeah.
2: Like it's not part of my process, but I do love the Steelers this week for, for all of those reasons you're talking about coming off of a buy. You like them plus three, you know? Yeah. I like them plus three. So if I like them plus three, then certainly as a teaser leg, it makes a whole lot of sense. You know, for all the reasons you're talking about defensively, there's a lot to like, you know, still Kenny Pickett, you know, leaves something to be desired, but in a close game plus nine, I think it's fine. I wouldn't be yeah. too worried about that. I've got one more that I want to bring up here, guys. What if we tease yeah. the Bills down to minus two and a half against New England? Do we still believe that, even though it's a divisional game, New England's going to still be this bad to where the Bills laying two and a half, they can still get to that number? Total of forty one and a half. Love mm-hmm. that one. That's a good. That's one. a great one. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: big fan. Um, yeah. D- does anybody believe that the Bills are going to look like? They did on Sunday night. I would think And not.
4: speaking of dumpster fires, the Patriots yeah. also.
3: The oh last, hell. let's see, the Bills have beaten the Patriots six of their last seven meetings. Mm-hmm. By 12, by 14, by 30, by 12. Like, they're beating them by double digits every time. So
2: well, the one, the we, one loss is what that super cold weather game where everybody ran on every yes. down
3: 14 yeah, to 10. Like, Remember it was windy and it was like a Thursday yes. game.
2: Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's a
3: Monday. I forgot. It may have been a Monday. No, game. it was a
2: Monday game. It was a Monday yeah. game and context absolutely matters in that one. So otherwise the bills have had the Patriots, like even that playoff game where it was the, the perfect game for Josh Allen scoring a touchdown on every, on every drive. That's the history to look at here. And so now you're just saying, okay, Bill's minus two and a half. When the Patriots have never been worse under Bill Belichick, I'm fine with that. Yeah.
3: Yeah, those were much better Patriots teams. Yeah. That's the other part.
2: So. Right. Yeah. A predictable situation where everyone knew what everyone was trying to do. But here, that's not going to be the case. And while I think there's some real questions about Josh Allen in terms of consistency, He's not going to string back-to-back duds together. Like he's not that inconsistent. He's not that bad, I don't think.
3: I agree with and with all that said, I don't think I can get to Bills minus eight and a half, but teasing them. Oh, totally. I'm on board.
4: Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that one. I didn't even think of that one. Yeah, good call, Ed.
2: Thanks, man. Appreciate it.
3: So there we're, we're like teasing eight games here this week
2: right now. I know. I know. Like, do we need to get a show bet with uh an eight leg teaser, eight legged teaser?
3: We- I look. Ugh. I'm gonna do it. I'm just telling you. I'm going to.
2: That's fine. I
0: feel like <laughs> I,
4: I need like a whole separate five bets for just teasers.
2: <laughs> I That's love too many. Like just different combinations that you can come yeah. up with. It, like it's it's an exercise in combinatorics. I'd be fine with that. <laughs> we promise lose?
3: Friday's lightning bets will not be all teasers.
2: Yeah, I was <laughs> about one. to say, like, if we have a multi-pronged teaser uh, <laughs> as any one of our lightning bets, are we going to have enough time for the segment itself? Because I know Paul's going to freak out if we like, okay, third leg is this. Yeah. You know, well, i that in the graphic. It's going to be too long. Yeah.
4: Two-minute drill. Yeah. I'll be Maybe betting we do them, too. Favorite teasers.
1: Oh, like there it. That's go. good producing right there, actually.
4: Thank you. Paul,
1: are you what gonna do are you gonna put one
3: with like six or seven or eighteen?
1: I wasn't I was gonna do a three and or four, but now I mean how could I say no to that? Yeah, but I, mean, I was I was gonna include the Seahawks, I think, at I home agree. against mm-hmm. Arizona. So like that was gonna be my fourth, along with the Falcons, mm-hmm. Giants, and Colts. But then mm-hmm. throw in the Steelers. I, I'm I'm good on the Broncos. You guys have fun. No, thank you. No, uh, I, don't no okay. I don't think anybody's doing it. I don't think anybody's going to do the uh, Broncos. Niners, no. I'm good. Like six and a half on Monday night. Plus, you're just waiting for Monday night to get your heart broken on that. Um, no, so, no, take that out of the mix. Lions, I'm going to leave out. Even though I like them in the game no, with you guys. I, yeah. <sighs> Bills, I'm not as in love with as you guys are. Bears. Giant. I guess if I'm... Yeah, Giants are in. If I'm doing a six or seven, like okay. me just see Bajan throwing a pick six at the end or fumble, probably more like sack fumble, scoop score to kill us at the end. Oh, but if I'm gonna do a six, seven, eight legger, like yeah, they'll be in that version.
2: Right. Do you give up your Bayancy card when that happens?
1: Yes. <laughs>
3: like just, cut up, he just might... cut up
2: the card like an old credit card.
3: Did uh did you see which quarterback the Bears signed yesterday?
2: Mm
4: -mm.
3: so so this guy McSorley, you're you're it was McSorley (laughs) oh it's gonna get bad I don't know feel it sounds like feels will miss at least a couple weeks they're that quick to say doubtful at least a couple weeks I know he's gonna want to get back out there to try and save his job like for the future but I don't
2: know it might be an extended uh time that he's out did we talk about Thursday night if we wanted to include that Jags to plus seven. any takers?
3: Yes. Yes. I, I would. I just hate the idea of starting it with an L.
2: <laughs> just right. that and then, me, but yeah. Yeah. The whole thing just seems like a waste of time, I guess. But th- that one I might include some way, somehow. This is mm-hmm. Becky Bell Daily presented by Ben MGM. Coming up next, Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus joins us with all of his week seven NFL insights. That's right here on the Becky Bell Network.
5: We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.
2: BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And joining us now, as he does each and every Wednesday, is Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. Brad, thank you so much for joining us Earlier in the festivities, we went over some backup quarterbacks we liked and power ranked them. We do have a lot of backups who will be playing this week, and I'm curious if there are any you would back maybe to cover the number, maybe even win their respective games outright. Which backup quarterbacks are you tailing this week?
0: Yeah, the the beautiful backup bowl in Chicago. You got Brian Hoyer against Tyson Bajant. That'll be a a privilege for all all in attendance. I mean, look, I think Brian Hoyer uh, is a classic case of how big of a downgrade is he really from a Jimmy Garoppolo that's been dealing with some nicks and bruises throughout the season. He's an established veteran. He's played in that system with Josh McDaniels for I don't know, half dozen years. Um, You know, he's a classic stay on schedule. Get the ball to Devontae Adams. Get it to Jacoby Myers. Michael Meyer coming on a little bit last week. You know, I I think he's going to look good in that game. And, you know, a little revenge game for him in Chicago as well. Uh, He's probably a backup that I I view as a small downgrade over the starter.
3: It's only a kick. A A
2: jump. A block. Ah. It's only a serve. Ah. Learn more at Marines.com.
3: Oh, man, I I enjoyed taking a look at uh, some of your ideas with the trade deadline approaching over PFF.com. People should check it out. Uh, And I want you to go over some potential landing spots because we keep hearing, oh, Cousins. Cousins is a guy that's brought up everywhere, but you bring up some other names that I find pretty interesting. Did you just throw in Jerry Judy to the Panthers to piss off Steve Smith? Because I I do need that because he would
2: snap.
3: He would snap like he did uh, last week. But uh, talk about some of these uh, projections or ideas you threw out there.
0: Yeah, look, I had a little bit of fun with that one. I I can't lie to you. But uh, look, I mean, Carolina needs another wide receiver. Adam Thielen has been playing great football. He's also, you know, 33 years old. So um, you look at the rest of the receiving core, none of those guys are grading at least at a 60. They're all, you know, below average players right now. And yes, the season's somewhat lost in Carolina. But you want to build confidence with Bryce Young. I think he has played better the last two weeks he has the Alabama connection, and for me, most importantly, I mean, Judy is a guy that can actually separate early on in the shot clock, and that is what Bryce Young needs right now. DJ Chark is your downfield threat. Thielen is playing well, but you know, can't quite separate like he did for years in Minnesota. So, yeah, ha- having a little fun with that one, but I think it is an actual need for Carolina, and I think you can buy low on Jerry Judy right now Denver's not getting a first-round pick for him. It's just not the reality of the situation. And maybe Carolina jumps and gets that DJ Moore replacement to a degree. And Judy was good last year. I mean, I put it in the article. He was top 15 in yards per outrun, Mm -hmm. yards after the catch per reception, top 20 in receiving grade. He still is a good player. He just needs a new start.
3: D-hop to the Chiefs. That'd be fun. You put that one. I up think there. that yeah.
0: one. Look, I think D Hop went to talk to all the contenders. They refused to give him the contract that Tennessee actually gave him. And I think now he's going to try to just push his way back to one of those contenders after Tennessee gave him a nice $10 million signing bonus. I think that one's <laughs> actually pretty realistic, maybe unlike the uh, Jerry Judy to the Steve Smith Panthers. <laughs>
4: but well, what was your reaction? To Julio signing with the Eagles, maybe some veteran presence, not the guy he used to be, but maybe he can give them some big yard plays here and there. And they'll be like, Hey, this, this worked out well
2: for us.
0: Yeah, I love it because I do think, you know, unlike Tampa last year, like the the Eagles are not going to press him. I think he's going to come in in certain situations. You use him. I mean, obviously, if an injury happens, maybe he plays more. But I think they go to him and, look, it's a veteran locker room with guys that understand their roles. Guys like Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox say, hey, Julio, we might play you 15 snaps a game, but you're going to chase for a ring. You're going to play in high leverage situations. You know, he knows AJ Brown has the Alabama connection to Devonte Smith. Like there are so many, you know, kind of connections here that make a whole lot of sense. So I like it. Is he going to be an impact guy? Should you put him on your fantasy roster? No, but no. he'll have a couple highlight plays, a couple splash plays here and there. And I just like the fit in that They have two clear-cut top receivers. He's not going to be asked to do a whole lot, but could make some big plays in key moments.
2: You mentioned D-Hop already, but let's talk about the Titans in general. Do you feel like that this team should be tanking this season? I know in the article you mentioned Ryan Tannehill's potential trade option, but I wonder with the Titans when nothing is going right and there there were already conversations apparently in the offseason about trading away Derrick Henry and things like that. I wonder if the Titans are in a position where they do need to hit the reset button. And if that's the case, I'm seeing 42 to one as the Titans to have the worst record in football. Is that intriguing at all?
0: You need to hit the reset button. Look, I think the new general manager and Rand Carthon probably wanted to do that even more this offseason than they actually did, and they did it a little. But I think Mike Vrabel said, "Look, I can squeeze every last drop of talent out of this lineup um, and, and win some games," and he has done that to a degree already. But at this point, with Tannehill now injured, you know you have two backups that you clearly don't have a lot of faith in in Malik Willis and Will Levis. Probably the worst offensive line in the NFL, not good pass catchers, even with DeAndre Hopkins, who has played some good football, and the defense is banged up and, and just not getting home on the quarterback like they had in years past. So I think they need to tear this thing down and get as many draft picks as they can for some good players. You know, I put Kevin Byard to the Philadelphia Eagles, which is also a trade I actually love and think makes perfect sense for both parties. Um, yeah, they they have to do it if they're smart. I think maybe they do finally consider it once and for all. I don't hate that bet. I mean, I, I am scared of Mike Vrabel, you know, with, with an XFL roster, just pulling like three or four wins uh, out of a rabbit's hat somehow because that's what he does. But but talent-wise, they're as bad as anyone in the league.
3: Under 61% this year, everybody in the space is talking about them. Now we've got, what, five, six games this week in the 30s. There's only two that are consi- – now if 45 and up is like, whoa, that that's a high total. Is this going to continue? There's a lot of different reasons why this has been happening. But uh are are these totals as low as they are still bettable to the under?
0: 100%? Yeah, I mean I think there's a couple divisional matchups in the the high 30s that I still like. I mean Atlanta and Tampa Bay, I hopped on the under 40 as soon as it dropped. I want to say it's 38 and a half now. I still like it. And then Washington New York you know, those defenses are are playing some better football now, particularly with the Giants. They have uh, given some good efforts the last couple weeks, and, you know, we know the Giants' offense isn't going to score. They haven't scored a touchdown since week three in the third quarter. So, you know, a little bit of fear there with the commanders on offense, but both of those matchups, you know, like you said, in the 30s, I still think you can lay money on the under. I think this is going to continue. I really do. I wonder the next time we see a total in the 50s, you know, we had Dallas, Los Angeles, didn't even come close. And it's just a simple trend of, you know, sack rate is up a 15-year high, touchdown rate is down a 15-year low. Like, these defenses are just taking away explosives, and there are very few offenses in this league that can sustain 10-plus play drives, take the seven-yard chunk gains and work their way down the field without taking a sack, without throwing an interception, and making that drive-crippling mistake. It's unfortunate. You know, it's going to lead to some ugly football. But, yeah, I, I think it is going to continue. I think scoring is going to be down pretty much the rest of the year. Maybe later on, you know, some mm-hmm. of the good offenses will emerge. But, but yeah, I, I don't see an end anytime soon.
4: Thursday night football. Jags won one-and-a-half-point underdogs at the Saints. The Saints, well, they've actually got the seventh-best passing defense when it comes to DVOA. And, then of course, we've got Trevor Lawrence, who's a little banged up. Anything, not really looking forward to this one, but anything you like here, Brad.
0: Yeah, my favorite play here is when you look at Trevor Lawrence this season throwing the ball in, in two seconds or less, uh, Evan Ingram has 23 receptions, no one else on the team has 13. He has more than 10 catches uh, than any other receiver. You mentioned the Saints are phenomenal uh, in coverage. They have great outside corners. Alante Taylor, a good slot corner as well. I think if you get some safety or linebacker matchups with Evan Ingram, but also just the, the fact that, Lawrence looks there early in the shot clock, and he's going to, I think, have a very similar game script to the Atlanta Falcons game, where he never held on to the ball, he never threw 10-plus yards downfield, because they didn't really trust the offensive line this time around, they do not really know about his knee, you know, was wearing a brace in practice yesterday, so I think he does probably play, but I think they get the ball out lightning quick. And I think Evan Ingram is the guy he targets. I haven't seen a number yet. Uh, I would guess it's going to be four and a half receptions. He has four catches in every game this season. um, And and I think he will get over that four and a half number. I, I imagine that's where it lands.
2: I'm going to be so tempted to take the Calvin Ridley under again because I'm just done with this Jaguars offense altogether. Just not at all exactly what I was anticipating. My priors are completely blown up. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, Dolphins cornerback, is returning to practice today uh, per sources from Cameron Wolfe. He won't play on Sunday night football against the Eagles, but how big of an impact can he be for this Dolphins defense uh, where a lot is expected because the offense scores so quickly?
0: Massive. It's massive because his defense is talented at all three levels, but they've so far been a perfect example of the weak link nature of defense where, you know, even undrafted guy from last year, Kato Coho playing well. Xavier Howard's still a good football player, but you have Eli Apple and some other corners, and, and those guys are just getting picked on routinely. So, you know, I like Ramsey also because I think he'll play in the slot. I think we'll see him play in some, like, you know, uh, like big nickel or, or, or dime packages with a bunch of safeties, and he's going to be moved. All around the formation, I think when Vic Fangio made this move to get Ramsey, he wants to use him in a million different ways. I think the combination of him, Javon Holland, in the in the in the secondary, uh, with Deshaun Elliott playing good football as well, I think it makes a really big difference. He's also an underrated, phenomenal open field tackler. You know, it likes to come down in the run game and get dirty. I think it's going to be a huge impact to this Dolphins defense, which which has not been good so far this year.
3: Brad, over the last month. It feels like on a weekly basis, there's a new hot team that everybody's talking about. Of course, last week it was San Francisco. You go back to Miami after their 70-point win. It was Buffalo after they take down Miami. All those teams, they lost the next game. It feels like this week it's the Lions. Everybody's talking up the line. Hey, nobody's talking about how uh, the Lions are almost undefeated look at the lions dan campbell coach of the year aiden hutchinson nobody's talking about what about golf what if they end up with a great record why aren't they talking about him for mvp great offense look at the numbers the matches all that so they're an underdog on the road it was two and a half sharp money immediately bumped that to three what do you think about uh, detroit at baltimore this weekend
0: I knew where the question was going, maybe three words into the sentence. And <laughs> I, I hear everything you just said. And, and I also respect, I know one of the, the sharps, so to speak, that pushed it out to three. I respect their work. They do good work. All of that said, um, I'm taking Detroit plus the field goal here. Um, look, I, the Baltimore okay. Ravens are a good football team. You're flying back from London. You have played so far this season. C.J. Stroud in his first NFL game without four starting offensive linemen. You played an injured Joe Burrow. You played Gardner Minshew, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, Kenny Pickett, and Ryan Tannehill. It's probably the worst slate of opposing quarterbacks any team has faced in the NFL so far this season. I like Baltimore, but I think that is juicing their defensive numbers a good bit. And then on offense, the Lions are fifth in EPA per play and the Ravens are 20th. And, and, you know, there's there's reason for optimism. They've had some drops in some areas where you could see them get better, but... Yeah, I I know I'm going against a lot of smart people, people that I do respect in this industry. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm taking the Lions plus three here.
4: What is your assessment of uh, the Giants hosting the Commanders? A division game. We've got a backup quarterback in for the Giants. Anything you like in this one?
0: Yeah, I think my assessment is like, are there any good movies on on uh, Netflix? No. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> but look, I, I I really do think the under is a potential play here. Uh, like we talked about, even as low as it is, because Sam Howell's pressure to sack rate is still the highest in the NFL and continues to be a weekly problem. And Daniel Jones has the second worst pressure to sack rate in the NFL. You know, it might might be Tyrod again in this game, which is probably a slight upgrade. I say that half facetiously. I think he just gets the ball out quickly, lets Wondell Robinson go to work and some of those other players. So I don't really have anything strong here. Like it's mm-hmm. just, it's going to be an ugly classic NFC's divisional football game. But I do think genuinely this Giants defense has shown a lot the last couple of weeks now. The Seattle game, they played really, really well, underratedly well. Uh, and obviously this past week against Buffalo, I thought they played lights out. So, you know, that, that that's it for me. And then Washington, I think their defense turned a corner, and, you know, and, and will continue to play good football. Any other favorite bets for the weekend? Yeah, so uh, a teaser, uh, you know, you know, I'm not going to come on the show and not mention a long teaser. Hey, come on, that, that's the Wednesday segment. There's so many I'm of them this week. Hey, that's yeah, that's what it's all about. So... Uh, and you guys yeah. will be surprised because I think I've faded the Atlanta Falcons every single week this season, whether it's just on the spread or with the teaser. And, and I think it's hit every week. But I actually like Atlanta teasing them from plus two and a half out to plus eight and a half. You know, I've mentioned mm-hmm. I think Tampa are frauds on this show as well. So I think that cool, that That game's going to have, you know, 35 points or less. And the best scenario to do these long teasers is also with low totals. Obviously, it's more meaningful to get a team plus 8.5 points if you think neither team is going to score 20 points in the game. So, like Atlanta out to 8.5, they have a very good defense. They're going to get Baker Mayfield problems, particularly the interior of that Atlanta defensive line with Grady Jarrett, David Onyemata, a little bit of Calais Campbell. The Bucks tackles are playing great football. Their interior is struggling. I love that matchup. And then the other one is Seattle. Seattle, you know, did not really play great against Cincinnati. We actually look at the underlying numbers. Their success rate was great. They just didn't score points. I like them minus one and a half against the Arizona Cardinals. Good stuff. Good stuff.
2: Brad Spielberger, of pro football focus here each and every Wednesday on BeckQL Daily. Brad, thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. This is BeckQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, a little nickel or dime right here on the BeckQL Network. Welcome back to Make You All Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And this is one of those fun times in the calendar year. We've got a lot of sports merging all at once. We've got the NFL going on. We've got Major League Baseball postseason happening. And the NBA will be starting before you know it. And so what better time to talk about all things at once than with a little nickel or dime? It's time for Nickel or Dime. Should you spend $500 or $1,000? Open up those wallets. We give you the answers on Nickel or Dime on BetQL Daily. And now to guide us along our festivities is none other than the man who gets a tattoo for every time he goes to a rave. It's Jake Hassan.
5: Once again, I would like to say that uh, not even if you had my family hostage would you find me at a rave. So uh, that would not be Jakey. happening. Come on. So Why not? You can go with a laptop? Don't gun? call me Jakey. You're not allowed to call me Jakey. <laughs> not now and not ever. Well, ever how many people call you
3: Jakey? How many, don't worry how about many
5: people it. do it? Don't worry like, about
2: it. <laughs> mom and grandma? How many women like oh, no, no, not my family. out with the side of a bar oh, okay. or call you Jakey?
5: that is oh, information you yeah. don't need that's not information you need they weren't doing much talking let's be honest <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> anyway ooh, right to the ooh, yeah it. raves are not my uh, scene though not ever
3: if you've never been or or did you have a bad experience
5: not it's because i did lala for a couple of years and like that was close enough that's like similar. i'm good that's it's similar. it's similar enough like i i'm good after that and like just like house me. music isn't yeah. my thing either. Like I'm, I'm good. Okay,
3: I'm with Not you. a Moby guy. Uh, <laughs> what? Do you have? Do you have a lot? You got to have a Lala story. Good grief, that's dated.
5: <laughs> uh, I have a couple. Uh, I, I have a couple Lala stories. Some involving me. Some involving uh other people.
3: All right, share one.
5: Uh, like I know a kid who uh he was walking like to one stage, got his phone stolen right out of his pocket. So he turns around, grabs the guy by the collar as the guy's trying to run off with of his phone. Guy turns one motion, roundhouse, roundhouse punches my friend in the face and just keeps going. Well, it never got his phone back. So not only did he get his phone stolen, he just got smoked in the face in the process, too. That was rough. He got by the
3: wow, that was yeah, quick.
5: He, yeah, I mean quick reaction pocket. time. Back pocket. Yeah, so he like he was doing something. We, put, he went back pocket, was gonna pull it like was putting something in his bag, was gonna pull it right back out, but then like in like a three second span. Like, yeah, you can't be doing that, but
2: No. Can't no. be someone, someone seeing that and taking advantage of the opportunity.
5: <laughs> yeah, there was also the time <laughs> this one involves me. I was like it was my junior year of college or like the summer going to my junior, year or whatever. I blacked out hard at like early in the day i i blacked back in at like 3 30 p.m back on the train and i was like well that's that's tough called my friend i was like i need you to pick me up from from the orange line like we're in we're in bad shape here was was home by like was home by like 4 30. it was a rough situation oh
2: man
5: still went back the next day though still rallied wow it's
2: Blacked yeah. out and rallied, BNR, yeah,
5: yeah, like you read about. I know. Yeah. It gets to that point where you just
3: that. can't – the next day, like you're out for like – Ian McMillan, because I tweeted him about the rave that came up on the show, and he's like, yeah, I wish I had a story to tell. He's like, all I know is I was hungover till Monday afternoon. Like, that makes sense to me. I get that now. Like, used to rally – be able to rally hours later, you know, just wake up, shake mm-hmm. it off, whatever. But now it's like <laughs> – if you, if you have a good time, it's like, I'm gonna need a couple mm days. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you're passing listening
3: out to Toby. I can understand. Public,
4: passing out on public transportation and waking up is that's when you know you had a good
5: night. That's day. well, that freaks well, you so out. I, I wasn't, yeah, uh, I wasn't asleep, but I just like my brain turned back on while I was on. Like I was awake the whole time, but like just my brain, okay. you know, came back to fully functioning. It was you so did stand
2: clear there. of the closing doors.
5: I did. I did. Some way, somehow, figured it out. Okay,
2: and, and give us cool. your your top five techno
3: or house music bands because Moby's so dated for you. House,
5: a give VG. me your
2: list. Yes, Swedish House do. Mafia. DJs, whatever. Oh, Paul are they Oakenfold. Oh my gosh!
5: Swedish They're House Mafia so made who? a comeback. Swedish did House they? Mafia they <laughs> made a new <laughs> album like. This past summer, the summer before that, they're back. Is one of them?
1: Did one of them die?
5: <laughs> no, Avicii did. that <laughs> just famously?
1: Okay. Was he ever part of Swedish House Mafia?
5: Not that I know of, but again, not really my scene. Okay. I could be a, uh, I could uh, yeah, be wrong.
1: Not, not really my thing. And then I'm like, what's house versus EDM versus techno? Oh yeah, get lost It's lost in the scenes in this stuff. It's all the same. Yeah. It's trash.
5: Yeah, my my roommate's really into like the house scene, and he invites me all the time and i'm like listen i love you from the bottom of my heart but like i'm good as t-pain famously said i'm I'm so good
3: i'm going to ruin your experience by complaining about everything yeah
5: right like it's i'm not going to have fun like it's i appreciate the offer but like don't need it like you don't have to keep asking me it's all good Mm. but you know i digress i
4: don't know anything about rave music I could honestly, out of all of us, I I could
5: totally see the hawk at a rave out of all of us here. I could see the hawk mixing it up at a rave.
3: Yep. Yes. Mixing
2: it up. What does that say?
4: I'd have to to (laughs) pregame. That's open
5: to interpretation. That is
2: the oldest phrase (laughs) anyone used used on the show today, mixing it up, cutting a rug at the rave.
5: It It felt appropriate. All right. It felt
1: appropriate. All right, well, let's talk about offensive and defensive rookie of the year. <laughs> Great, nickel or dime. Thank Come on, you, Jake.
5: Paul. All right, seven minutes later. Uh, all right, offensive rookie of the year. Would you rather go the nickel on Bijan plus 550, or if there's somebody else farther down the board, you can choose to use your nickel on them, or would you rather go the dime on the favorite, <laughs> C.J. Stroud, minus 135?
3: This is when you throw it to a person. Me? Yeah, um,
5: sure. <laughs>
2: I'll
3: do it. Joe. The thing with the offensive rookie of the year is everybody that did have an outside chance keeps getting hurt. Now, Puka, it was the return of Cup. Uh, A-Chan, like he was in the mix. Gibbs, he's been out for a while. It sounds like he's going to return this week, but there's not going to be enough time. Uh, Bryce Young has just been terrible. Uh, McLaughlin, now the starting running back is back, so he's not going to have much of a chance. Hey. I would just go with Stroud. I'd go dime with Stroud because that's one thing that you can depend on. I mean, Jordan Addison, yeah, he got a touchdown that helped his performance against the Bears, but I don't think he's gonna step in and be the number one here with the Vikings, a true number one. say Flowers had a good game, but is he gonna get past Stroud? I don't see it. Um, I think in not too long from now, we're gonna look at this price and say, boy, that minus 145 was pretty cheap at the time.
2: Aaron.
4: I'm just going to go with Stroud. You're not getting much value, but I just think he's been so good. And as long as he can stay healthy, I think he's going to win this award. So minus 135,000 on Stroud.
2: I'm going the nickel route guys like you're you're asking a quarterback to be able to play at a high level through the remaining two thirds of the season where yeah you've got some good receivers with the Texans but we're not talking about elite play necessarily certainly doesn't have a ground game to keep a defense honest Uh, that we have figured out already. Uh, I I can't do it minus one forty five on BetMGM. The value is absolutely terrible. He could get hurt. Yeah. He could fall back down to reality because he's a rookie. I just can't do that. But I'm looking at Jordan Addison at sixteen to one. Zay Flowers at twenty to one. And maybe someone like a Rasheed Rice at 50 to one. I think there's more than enough time for one of these receivers to be able to come through and be absolutely dynamite to where they are going to win this award. And so I think there are plenty of other options. Uh for our purposes here, I'll just go with Zay Flowers at 21. Yeah, I'm clutching my priors, but it's fine.
3: What if the Baygency wins a game this weekend? Like what's that? It's 150 now. What's that number on Monday?
2: Wow. 150.
3: You think? I don't. I, I guarantee. I know I how like money goes in me. Illinois. I I know how the money goes in Illinois. If the Bears 100? win that, where people are going to bet on that, it's at least a hundred. I'd say fifty to seventy-five. Hmm. They it's are too gonna bad. They're be, not going to win. You don't? I I think they got a puncher's chance. I That's a coin flip game.
5: shouldn't be so three. Stupid. Who cares? Nothing
3: matters. Yeah, let's do the Raiders. Who cares anymore?
5: Okay.
2: Bears could win right. the game. Absolutely.
5: Let, let's squeeze I'll, in I'll, defensive rookie of the year because nobody wants to talk I'll about the Bears and they suck. Uh, yeah. would, <laughs> <laughs> defensive rookie of the year, would you rather go with a nickel on Will Anderson 10 to 1 or anyone else down the board or the dime on Jalen Carter, the favorite, minus 150?
3: Joe? So it sounds like Carter's back and they sat him preparing. For this game uh maybe with with both defenders that were out in this one who's gonna catch Carter minus 145 can he miss more time it doesn't appear that missing one game has hurt him at all I think that's pretty telling about how they feel about how strong his start is here at minus 145 do I want to bet on it no but I mean as a defensive tackle on a team that's top end uh, getting already three and a half sacks. He's got like 11 pressure or something like that. If he's out, he's making an impact every time he's on the field. So I don't have a problem with him being the odds-on favorite. I would never, ever bet on this, especially a guy that's already sat a game. And, you know, what if he ends up missing a few games down the road? Where where else do you go? We've talked about it. You don't have to go too far down the board in this. Witherspoon at 3-1, to one, not interested. I'd still go Will Anderson and he's 11 to one nickel
4: I know how many sacks does he need to get he only has one but he's got like 25 tackles already will I understand and maybe he's being pressures. overshadowed a little bit by yeah. CJ Stroud but he has been really good so if Stroud I don't think they're gonna both get the award in their respective you know positions here you know offense and defense but I like it. I think you're getting value on Will Anderson.
2: I'm absolutely going with Will Anderson in terms of defensive stops per next gen stats. Anderson leads the way, eighteen to nine. Run stuff seven to one in favor of Anderson. Uh, both have the same number of pressures. And when it comes to sacks, which I know is sort of the the big thing here, I know Carter leads the way three and a half to one. But all the other numbers suggest that Will Anderson has been the better player. So give me him at ten mm. to one. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, futures better Zach Price has a ton of NBA bets to share less than one week away from the season opener. That's right here on the BetQL Network.
5: We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.